On this episode of the AIE Podcast, we are talking to ourselves. There are rusty ashes of creation? Something. <laughs> Meanwhile, keeping up with Broken Shore. And are you ready for Stormblood? Are you, Mew? Quite ready. Awesome. And we have Captain Sybil's STO update. All that and more coming up right now. Bringing you the latest news from the AIE gaming community from planet Earth and beyond. This is the AIE Podcast. Welcome to episode 276 of the podcast celebrating the Aaliyah Iocta Est gaming community. The die has been podcast. This is Tetsumi, and to my left is MewCow. Greetings, gamers. And to my right, virtually, is McCullough. I guess technically you're right. I am on your left. Hey, guys, there are some dark chocolate fig cakes in the guild kitchen. Gimme, 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 gimme. <laughs> as soon as figs come into season, darling, they will, those will be in mass production. <laughs> right, so we'll just have to set up for the molten Java lava cakes. What is the, What are those? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, the Java cake, the lava cake. Yeah, exactly. I can do that. There's a, also a pear crisp going on sometime this week. Sweet. Literally, but not too much. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be digging into the news shortly, but first. Let's talk what we've been up to. Hey, Ted. Hey, what? What have you been doing in and out of game? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what I've been doing, and then I have a question for you. And then I know Muse can tell us what he's been doing, and he has a question for us. So we're going to kind of play around with the format tonight. But uh, as far as what I've been doing, I got my druid. Through the class order hall quest, I had a lot of fun with that. That was that was really fun. Uh, I did the artifact on two. Yeah, I did my tank and feral, so melee DPS um, quest lined, and uh, I have the uh, tree and the uh, boomkin still to work on. But that's I'll get that down the line. Um, you get the uh, fancy I, title once you do the the tree. Ooh, what's the, what's the title? Because I have Archdruid. What's the fancy title? It's it's I can't pronounce the name of the twig, but it's it's the oh. actual yeah. Uh, Is it like Yadrasil? Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Very Ooh. similar. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll I'll work on that. Um, but what's nice is once you come out of you know doing all that, then you get thrown over to Broken Shore, so you can get your new class follower and get one more. Um, follower if you want and so i was chugging through the broken shore quest lines no problem and there's one one quest hub or one quest in there that they haven't made easy mode they've made like literally everything else including the class hall missions just like two days ago very easy mode but they still want you to do 12 world quests on the broken shore wow so it's like well, normally by the time you come out, because I was just doing them in order, I got mm-hmm. to that point, I could do six. Mm-hmm. And then you don't get any more for typically, you know, two to four hours, depending on how long you've been on there. Mm-hmm. And then they give you one to two more. 
And then in another eight hours, they'll give you one to two more. So it's like, okay, I'll just put that off until today. And then the 12. And then today I got the, the remaining six. I had to do five regular world quests. And then um, there was only one left. And it was the uh, the pet battle one on there. So I'm like, okay, go over to Wildhead. What pets do they recommend? Okay, I've got both those. Oh, wait, they're too low level. Here, let me go spend a ton of pet charms that I've got saved up from doing uh, the the world quests and leveled them up. And then, oh, wait, they're uncommon, so go buy the 15 pet charm thing to make them rare. Okay, now they're both rare. One shot the encounter, and that finished it off. So um, after that, you get go find the 10 warm tongue que- uh, chests. And I thought yeah. that was going to be a you know real pain in the butt. But yeah, it's... It actually only took me 20 to 25 minutes because I found out once I once I flew around the island once around the outside, checked the water, and then flew around the interior, I just joined a withered gym group and flipped to another realm and then did the same path and picked up a whole bunch of them. So if you just realm hop uh, doing that, you'll constantly refresh where the chests are. Mm-hmm. And uh, I picked up all 10 in about 25 minutes. I got like 9 out of 10 and then ran out of chests. I'm like, really? I'm not going <laughs> to. So it was like, hop realm, check the water. Yep, there it is in the water. Okay, I got it. Move yeah, I was on. actually talking about that issue last night with uh, someone we know, uh, Ludra. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on that same quest and was uh, discovering that it's like, huh, it's really weird. As I'm going for the tr- chest, they just suddenly slowly disappear. What's good gives? Are people stealing its will? Kind of technically, they, they at least put a timer on it now. So when the, when the first right. person opens it, you have a limited amount of time to, to go for that chest yourself, too. But right. if you're too far behind them, of course, then you're going to be getting right when you see it, it's going to disappear in front of you. So, yeah. But and this was odd because I went out and I before I accepted the quest, I went out and found like, okay, there's five chests in this general area. As soon as I took the quest, I flew back over to that same area. They were all gone. Hmm. So it's almost like they reset your chest timer for that, whether intentionally or not. Could be. Yeah. So then I figured out, well, if you realm hop, that just skips the timer on that and you get over. So yeah, I was able to chug through that. So now I just finished that and I'm on the kill three rares and there's a ton of rares up. So I just have to hop in and do that. Um, but that was, that was fun. Um, so once I get that done tonight, then I'm going to start leveling my rogue because I've heard the, the rogue storyline is fairly cool. And I also want the Raven. Uh, for the class mount, which is awesome. So I should have warrior, mage, death knight, paladin, and druid done for the um, the class mount. Nice. Now, druids shapeshift. So what's the class mount? It's a new shapeshift. Oh, okay. That kind of makes sense, I guess. What is it? An owl? I think something along those lines. We can probably <laughs> find that, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, that's basically all it is. It's just like an improved version of the flight form, you know, because the flight form is originally, is originally from um, uh, Broken, or not, uh, Burning Crusade. So it's, it's okay. a very old thing. I mean, it, you know, way back when, before Cataclysm happened, you had to earn your flight form. It didn't just become a, a right. spell. So it was a bigger deal. So this yeah, is kind of like, like the Warlock and the Paladin had to earn exactly. their class mounts. Yep. Yeah, the the one benefit, of course, is that uh, druids kind of got to cheat the system, and they got free flight in um, Burning Crusade when they got their their uh, flight form. So that was kind of a cool little perk they had. 
But uh, yeah. yeah, it's harkening back to that. So you get a new uh, flight form that's more up to date. Yep. Oh, and a pro tip, if you're a druid, you probably already know this, but when you get to the world quest where you have to go get the supplies down on the beach and then you have to kill the the bats with the spears, you can kill the bats with the spears in flight form. So you don't have to wait for them to come down to you. You can just grab the spear, fly up, kill the bat, gra- go back down, grab the next spear, fly up, kill the bat. And uh, yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, flight definitely helps a lot. And even like in flight form, you can pick up a lot of the quest items you have to pick up without even leaving your. Like, I found that you can just oh, hover yeah. over it and just grab it and run. So it's kind yeah. of. It's, of course, everyone else hates you for that because you're just swiping, <laughs> you know, scooping and grabbing it. But, you know, it's a hey, benefit of being a druid. I did my time on my warrior, you know. <laughs> so yeah. I, I've done my time on my warrior. I've done my time on my mage, my DK, my paladin. I can, mm-hmm. I can earn a little druid time. Um, Ted, I have a question for you. Um, now that you bring this up, yeah. So, how many class halls or order halls or class order halls have you done? Uh, the one so warrior, mage, mm-hmm. death knight, paladin, druid. So I've done five of the twelve now, or five of the. Yeah, there are twelve classes. Wait, so warrior, decent mage, yeah. paladin, druid. Yeah. So I'm going to guess, obviously, I'm going to assume Warrior is your favorite because Warrior is your favorite. As far as the storyline, actually, the Warrior quest line isn't, it's interesting. Um, But most of the, because most of the class order hall is centered around getting additional followers and Mm -hmm. and adding them in. You get... A lot of people from Ulduar and Northrend mm-hmm. that you fought as raid bosses or were, were epic encounters, and then you get right. the last one is Etrig. Um, because, yeah, it's all because it's all very Norse, right? So it it was okay. The Death Knight and the mm-hmm. Paladin storylines, I think, are much more interesting so far because cool. with the Death Knight storyline. Spoilers if anyone skip ahead about a minute. With the with the Death Knight storyline, uh, your main focus is you're trying to get the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Your your version right. of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And the fourth horseman that you try and go get is Tyrion Fordring. The paladin that dies on the broken shore. Oh, right, yeah. So you actually take your Death Knights and go into the Paladin class order hall. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to do that one next. Honestly. Yeah. That sounds interesting. I, I won't tell you what happens, but obviously you don't get him as a follower. I mean, there's, <laughs> you know, I think. Um. Yeah. But, but yeah, that one was interesting. The I like the paladin one because the paladin actually ends up going into the priest order hall. Yeah. For okay. part of it. Makes so sense. you get. A, I actually get to see the priest order hall for for part of it. And the, the cool thing with the uh, the Paladin Order Hall is that um, you end up getting your first Night Elf Paladin because mm-hmm. Night Elves can't be Paladins. And not only do you get a Night Elf Paladin, but you get a ghost as well who's the father of the Night Elf Paladin. So you uncle. get a or uncle. You get a Night Elf Ghost Paladin follower yeah. as well. 
So you end up with two Night Elf Paladins where you had like zero at the beginning of this expansion. So I don't know if they're hinting at that they're going to allow Night Elves. You know, they just allowed Night Elves to be mages. This expansion or last expansion? I want to say that was, was it Cataclysm? No, I think it was, it was. um, Or Pandaria? No, the one after that. (laughs) Draenor? One we forget. Yes, I think they. I think they came in and drained. Or I, I think thought it was got, earlier than that because I remember uh, it being a big deal. Um, no, it was a big deal, but I thought it was. I thought it was Draenor when they when uh, they added a bunch of stuff. I don't think. So. I think it was. I want to say it because it was a, because we had to go to. There was a big deal happening in uh, Darnassus about it. They were you know having like protests and stuff and. Right. I want to say I that see. was closer to Cataclysm or or uh, Pandaria. What may have happened in Pandaria because it was coming in Draenor, but I don't, I don't remember. I thought it was Draenor because it, it seems recent to me. I don't remember, but so regardless, so that's where, um, that's where I've been spending my time is mostly on getting stuff through the class order hall and through the the artifact storyline because part of the issue with people saying there's no content for, um you know, after you level up and go through Suramar, there's really no content. It's because they're focused on one class and typically one or two weapons yeah. where they, they spent all their um, currency and time on developing 36 different storylines for all the weapons and then 12 class order halls for all the classes. So if you think about star Wars, mm-hmm. um, and their initial one to fifty leveling, it was all class based, and every class had a story, and everything was was class specific. Well, that's the issue they ran into with WoW. It's what everyone's been asking for, but the problem is if you only play one class, you got one twelfth of the content, or if you only use two weapons, you got you know two thirty seconds or two thirty six of of the storyline of the content they put in. So I've been trying to one eighteenth. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's fine. I, I've been trying to work my way through all the lines and all the storylines. So I have all the weapons on my um I have all the weapons leveled up on my um warrior. I have not I've done two of them on my on my paladin, two of them on my DK. Um because when you get to Broken Shore, there's that additional storyline when you max out your weapon um as far as that to unlock the other abilities you have to do a quest storyline and so i've been um, slowly doing that on all the characters yeah and then that leads into the mage tower boss exactly yeah which i stuck my head in there and went yeah no i don't have the item level i'm at i'm at 895 on tet on his protection side um, I've heard the fury is a little bit easier, but I'm probably going to wait until we get well into tomb to do that. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't I don't want to frustrate myself trying because I'm sure if I you know because I, I did I did the the um, uh, green uh, fellfire for 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 warlocks, and that was while it was you know rewarding afterwards. It was definitely very frustrating to learn it over and over and over. You just, you didn't just walk in, you know, right. die a couple of times and you were done. No, that was, you had to learn every part of that fight. It was, it was a raid, a solo raid. 
And yeah. that's what which is why I never did it because I got so frustrated. It was even worse than being stuck in the worst cave and all yeah. the wow. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was very frustrating until you finally get it down. And it, it's just, yeah, I can easily see. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting until I get better gear from the from the tomb before I start doing that. Any of my other characters. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and speaking of that, and we'll, we'll cover it in news next week should be the last uh, quest. If you've been keeping up on the broken shore. And then once that's done um, before the tomb opens, you should be able to get your class mount. So like I said, I've got five done to start working on the rogue Cause I want the Raven for the class mount. Um, and you know, that's, that's basically what I've been focusing on as well, because we, we essentially have, Nighthold normal on farm with Furt, and really we pushed, we tried uh, heroic, um, but we didn't have the right people there at the time. We probably could have done it Wednesday night, but I wanted to just get some of the the people that haven't been there in a bit that showed up, um, some more gear and stuff like that, especially Karen's character. So um, that was fun. Um, but I've also been dabbling a little bit in Star Wars, uh, checking out Iocath and dailies, working on leveling up some tunes um, because of the last podcast. I think it was three podcasts ago when they're talking about um, decorating the strongholds. There's a new stronghold coming in June or July on Manan. Um, and so you get six strongholds. So that's like six things to decorate in Star Wars. So I've got to go out and start getting all, you know, figuring out, okay, this stronghold's going to be this themed and, and decorated because um, my stronghold on Yavin 4, which is gorgeous, I made the um, Holocron, Datacron um, one. So if you walk into the inside, when you walk in the room, you see light side and dark side, all the, the ones I've collected so far. And I want to go get a bunch more because it looks really cool to have those um, cubes with the different colors and the different runes on them um, glowing and sitting out in, in display in there. So um, I've been working in star Wars, but I do have a question because Mew, I know you've been spending a lot more time in final fantasy 14 and McCullough. I know you've been spending a lot more time with, with pen and paper and writing. So mm-hmm. what is it about this expansion that lost you or hasn't drawn you into where you're saying, I got to play this and I got to, I got to, you know, experience the game. I, I really don't know. Um, Cause I tend to kind of go, I go in shifts where I'm more focused on, you know, the pen and paper and then I'll, I'll focus on the MMO so I think, like, for me, partially is because I'm in that pen and paper period. Because, you know, for a long while, I resisted playing MMORPGs because I've always been a pen and paper girl. Right. You know, to me, you know, pen and paper was going to the movies with a theater. You had to make a, a plan for it um, where an MMORPG was just network television. So... It was there when it was convenient. It was around, but it wasn't something, anything special. Um, and I definitely have changed my theory about this. Um, but I just don't really think there's anything all that compelling going on um, that's pushing me to even finish leveling my character. 
Well, that and the caves in High Mountain, I can completely understand that. Oh, yeah, totally. But, you know, for me, I'm a person that I first do what I need to do and then what I want to do. And I'm just not finding that want right now. When I get done with the need to do, like, well, there's a bunch of other things that I want to do, unfortunately. Um, So, and I can't really pinpoint it. But I'm just not finding anything like when I like when we were playing Wrath. Maybe because because I even enjoyed the dailies in Wrath. Mm -hmm. Were something I wanted. You know, I wanted to do the tournament and I wanted to do the five mans and all that. I I couldn't tell you what it is that's not making it a want to do. Gotcha. What about you, Mew? Well, I'm slightly different in that I kind of think that the it's kind of they kind of hurt themselves when they're trying to help themselves with how they're giving us a lot of busy work and it's a lot of hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait. Like, you know, they're, they're doling it out in little bits here and there. Um, I, I think that's kind of what it is, is, you know, I just, I, I feel like because they're doling it out like that, I can walk away for a while and then right. I'll just catch up because they've, they've been pacing themselves purposely. So, you know, even if it's, you know, I can only do one week's worth per day, then, well, you know, I'll just hit all my alts for that one day. And then the next day I can do that. And it just, it doesn't really seem that, that bad to me to be able to just, you know, I'll just save it for later. I've got all these other things I can play. Um, you know, if, if they're going to do the content like that, then, you know, I will play accordingly. Um, and, you know, the, and, uh, you know, your, your point for some reason, like the wrath dungeons were just so much fun to repeat and, the ones for this expansion, while good, they just, I don't know that they have that repeatability factor. Um, they put so much mm-hmm. effort into Mythic Dungeons and the Mythic Plus, you know, and going all the way up to 15, 16, 17, whatever, you know, to, to get better gear. Well, you know, that only really appeals to people that are really into dungeon playing. You know, for, right. for whatever reason, raiders didn't want to go play dungeons. You know, even though right, it might have right. helped them, they, they want to raid because they want to raid. Um, it, it's always been like an, yeah, it's always, there's always been a line between the two. Yeah. I, yeah. I think the biggest, the biggest turnoff for dungeons for me is that we're forced to, to do them. Dungeons to me mm-hmm. should be optional. And when I'm leveling alts, the biggest thing that's, that's the brick wall for me is I have all different, all my tunes. I have a gathering profession and I have a main profession. I love professions except this expansion you end up and and it's very frustrating because unless you know it's coming at the end of every zone there's usually a dungeon to finish it off to finish the story and get the the pillar of creation or whatever along the same time with your professions there's usually at least one if not multiple dungeons that you have to do to unlock recipes and stuff like that and if if you know, what frustrated me on Tet was I'd finish his own, go do the dungeon, then start working on my profession. And they're like, oh, yeah, the dungeon you just were in, go do that dungeon again. Um, only this time you have to do it on Mythic for this. And it's like, okay, yeah. I enjoy dungeons, but not this level of dungeons. You know, it's, 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 I think that's my biggest problem is I love doing the professions and I'd, I'd be spending a lot more time on alts doing professions if everything wasn't gated behind dungeons. Yeah. And, and as part of insert the injury, then the class hall quest line did the same thing to you. Exactly. So not only is the, I know the like zone I got done on the Druid, you had to go do all four end zone 
mm-hmm. quests again. And I knew it was coming. So I saved up until I got the Druid Order Hall up to where it said you have to go to these four dungeons, mm-hmm. which matched the uh, the end of, uh, you know, I basically leveled all the way to 110, did all the zones, had all the, the <laughs> dungeon quests, and then got the profession one and got the order hall one as well. So I could just knock them all out at once. Yeah. Yeah, and if they would have, you know, and it's kind of like, like again, one of those where they kind of hurt themselves by helping themselves. The fact that you can pick whatever zone you want to go first, well, the order that you're doing those dungeons is not going to be se- the same order as the profession dungeon order. It's not going to be the same as the class order, dun- you know, version. So exactly. it yeah. just it never matches up unless you just save them all. Well, guess what? You're now pushing aside content and waiting. So, again, yeah. you're walking away from it because, like, well, I'll do that when I get to it. So... Yeah. And that's gating because, you know, that's now you can't get the better profession stuff. And then, well, I guess I don't want to do anything with that profession until I do. It just it's it just kind of all snowballs. And yeah, yeah, you, you just walk away for a bit and then kind of come in and just plow through it real quick. Yeah, exactly. So cool. Yeah. Well, that's what I have been up to. Mew, what have you been up to? Well, so, yeah, um, as mentioned, I have uh, uh, been jumping back into Final Fantasy 14 a bit more. Um, uh, sort of a, a similar issue with gating. Um, I kind of hit a brick wall a while back that I had to 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 gear grind to do the final dungeons of the expansion. Um, my eye level wasn't quite high enough, so. Um, but they they kind of did that normally. It's just typically it wasn't that much of a grind. It's just but for whatever reason the last bit was just a higher grind than usual. You typically got enough of an eye level from just doing the regular stuff that you could have done the stuff anyway. But uh, this the last two that needed a you know a eye level two thirty and I just wasn't there and you know the prices for because sometimes you can just buy gear off the auction house or craft it yourself and the prices just weren't reasonable yet so and uh, but uh, this you know last couple of weeks uh, especially this last week you know they finally did so I was able to get a couple pieces and uh, do a couple dungeons and I finally got just above that so probably after raid tonight I'll try doing those last two dungeons and I'll be completely done with all the dungeons for Heaven's Ward awesome. and. So I should store wise be ready. Um, but of course, because of doing it that way, I'm going to have to spend some time grinding gill or gold or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um, because I've kind of wiped myself out. Uh, so I'll be trying to, I'll be uh, pushing my uh, re- retainers to, to find goodies for me and probably doing some crafting to sell stuff. So, you know, hoping that gets me somewhere. Um, Very cool. And also, uh, uh, it's, you know, since the 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 uh, the the guild has been very active as well. In fact, uh, Friday night um, during my usual playtime, which is pretty late, there was at least ten people still online. That was very unusual. Oh, that's great. Yeah, um, and you know, this is talking like you know eleven o'clock my time central, um, and there's still lots of activity. You know, and it, it was it was definitely nice to see. Um, so, which means it had to have been even busier earlier because there's, there's a pretty early crew that starts. You know, probably more like seven eight my time. Right. Uh, and they're, you know, they're, they're getting into the raids. They're, you know, trying to get all their professions together. And that's one of my other focuses of probably going to do some um, uh, grinding of levels for my gathering and crafting classes, just to try to get them, you know, to where Stormblood will start so that I can be part of that initial wave. Because, you know, if you can be part of that wave, just like in WoW, if you can keep up, you can, you know, sell stuff for nice amounts of money and, you know, actually keep up with, with all the, the crazy gill going on. Um, so 
it's it's been you know nice to see things so active and it's kind of unfortunate though because since they locked uh gilgamesh server for new players um, right no one else can come in yeah yeah no one can join us but at the very least you know people that were part of things can still hop in and and join the fun and uh get things going again um you know as, as i'll mention later um you know i'll be uh joining the charge on the 16th um for early access to Stormblood. Um, the expansion itself launches uh, June 20th, which is a pretty familiar date for those that might uh, be aware that, you know, surprise, surprise, WoW is launching uh, their their patch uh, 7.2.5 on June 20th. Um, so not very subtle of them um, to do this on the same day as Stormblood. Um, it's, it, we've known Stormblood's been coming out for a while and then they just kind of happen right. to have it come out. And this isn't the first time they've done that. This is probably the third or fourth time they've done this. So, you know, one of my questions to, to the group uh, was, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, it's, it's not like WoW should be threatened, but yet they pull this on a pretty regular basis. Right, right. Well, you know, one time is a, hmm, two is a coincidence, and yeah, three is a pattern. So clearly, and it doesn't make sense to me why they do it, because... WoW was still the biggest game in town. And if 1% of the players aren't there when, you know, a new patch drops or something, it's not going to affect things. So it's obviously they do it. They do it for a reason. But they don't need to. Yeah, and it's just they're very coy about it too. If you yeah. if you if you broach the subject with them, they'll kind of play innocence. Like, oh, is, is that the same day? Oh, oh, that's interesting. You know, no, it's just, it's just honestly, it's just business. I, I don't think there's, I, I don't want to say ill intent, but I, honestly, I think it just comes down to business. Um, yeah, and as Corley points out in the in the chat room, most games do do maintenance on Tuesdays and there's typically four Tuesdays a month. So yeah, I mean, they could have pushed it back a Tuesday to, so to not step on it, but you know, if they plan ahead of time, Hey, we're going to release it on this Tuesday of the month. And it happens to be the same thing. I'm not saying it's not intentional, but there are also business reasons and, and maintenance reasons on, on why they do it. Um, like I said, I'm not, I'm not defending it. I'm not, you know, yelling at him about it, but it's, it's just business at this point. I've come to expect it. But again, if your focus is on final fantasy 14, you're going to go to final fantasy 14. If you're interested in, you know, guild wars two, you're going to pay attention to guild wars two. I think it's just the people that play a lot of games or can, can be able to afford, you know, double subscriptions for both. Wow. And, um, things that are affected. So I, th- I think we notice it because we look at all the games as a community. Right. Um, but I, I really don't think it affects people as much as, as people want to make it out to be. I don't think it does. I don't so. think so either. It's just, uh, just, I, I've just baffled why they feel the need to do this. It's, you know, like for example, uh, another Blizzard game, Overwatch, um, had some big stuff happening when Battleborn came out, mm-hmm. which, right. again, another coincidence. But you know, it's it's a pattern that no, they it's, have. I, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's it's intentional. Well, yeah. But it's also from from their point, it's just business. They're they're yeah. going to say, 
we want attention as well. And, you know, they don't want, they don't want to lose the focus, even if it's, you know, if Battleborn comes out, they don't want to lose that focus on their people that are interested in Overwatch. Cause typically they will line up, you know, like it's Final Fantasy 14 and wow, or it's Overwatch and, um, any other uh, big FPS MOBA. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Paladins so, or whatever else. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, you know, Mew, we both work in the, well, all three of us work in the corporate world. It's just the cost yeah. of doing business. They, you know, could they step aside and let someone else have the spotlight? Yes, comma. However, it's not going to happen. I just come to expect it. I'm like, okay, so what game is launching something big? Okay, Blizzard's going to put out an expansion, or they're going to do, you know, they're going to do something to keep the the focus on them from a business standpoint. Right. Well, it's just so, it's it's an interesting phenomenon because you know if you look at the movies, they don't yeah. do this at all. No. They move well, like yeah, no, if, the, if, and the movies don't do it because I think they have. I think because like if you have an actor that's in, you know, because they do some movies ahead of time, they could have two movies coming out that have, um, you know, similar act- actors, the same actors or actresses in in the movies, you know, and they're trying to make money for both movies. So that, no, they avoid each other. But I think in the gaming industry it's a lot more of, you know, it's, there's a difference in I'm paying $15 a month for this game versus, you know, I'm paying $8 to go see this movie and I'm going to go see $8 to go see that movie because I could go see Wonder Woman and I could go see, you know, insert name of movie here in the same week. And, you know, it's not, it's not, they could push it back a week. Okay, fine. It's, it's not going to affect it that much. But I think with Blizzard, they want that, they want that attention on their game all the time. Most, and most game companies do. I want the attention on my game because I need that $15 a month subscription. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, the movie analogy is good. Yeah, they they could coordinate it, but again... They make, they make a point to not step on each other's toes when it comes to big movies. Yeah. And so what that even... If you have two tentpole movies from two different studios, one of the studios that thinks they have the weaker of the two movies will, but on purpose, move it by two weeks, by a month, sometimes even a different season. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, and again, Blizzard did the same thing. <laughs> they were like, oh, we're coming up against Star Wars. No, yeah, we're not. We'll move that. <laughs> so, right, right. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, so, I mean, it, it, there's a give and take. Yeah. Right. No, you're right. It's an it's a very interesting phenomenon, and basically, you can plan Blizzard's calendar by looking at the other game studios and see when they're planning release stuff, and knowing at least, if nothing else, when you're going to get news patches. Well, not not only patches, but news. Like, because I think even the games, oh yeah, even the Gamescom's announcement was on top of some expansion release from another game. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you're right. You know, so if you know anyone out there that's in the news industry and wants gaming news, just look look at when other games have expansions stuff. or things coming out, and you'll know when Blizzard's going to announce stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're announcing our yeah. new game. Hey, look at me! Look at me! Look at me! Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. It's like the popular girl that you know still wants all the attention, and I say this as you know, loving Blizzard and just liking popular people. Yeah. Um, for college for high school. No, it's it's just. 
honestly, it's just it's it's it's, it's business. business. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's trying to get that largest piece of pie and yep. ensuring that piece of pie when you already have the whole cake. Well, right, and and people are always like, "Well, you have the monopoly. Why are you doing this?" Because we've because seen people business. lose monopolies very quickly if, right, they, right. if they don't. So, oh yeah, if yeah. if yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that if um, Legion didn't do as well as it was, Final Fantasy was waiting. Like, yeah, they were oh, they yeah, were perched definitely. because oh, they're. Yeah. I want to say they're probably the second biggest MMO. You know, they've been hovering at six or seven million at least for a while. The, right. Yeah, at least in North America, the yeah. the um. It oh, may, yeah. it may be flopped over and yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> they have their so, own things going on over there. Right, exactly. Um yeah, no, I honestly ill intent behind it, I don't know. I think it's just That's uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it's ill. It's just it's it's interesting. Yeah, no, it it is. So but what else have you been up to, Mew? Um, well then speaking of all this wow stuff, you know, I have been busy in wow, um, in, in fits and spurts. Um, I did manage to get that pallet into 110 um on, on the alliance side and uh did a, a partial catch up of the artifacts knowledge. Um this was of course before they they gave us that nice announcement that uh we'll talk about a little later. Um and I'll probably end up doing a segment about uh with a bit more mm-hmm. detail. Um, but, uh, you know, a bit of AP grinding and I've actually gotten that Paladin, um, protection wise up pretty well. And, uh, so, you know, the plan of course is, you know, my, my warrior on that side as well has been doing heroic rating and is now a main tank. So I've kind of wanted to have this Paladin tank as kind of a, you know, an interesting backup, uh, because uh, right now at least our, our off tank is also a warrior and, mm-hmm. While it's it's a pretty powerful combo to have two warriors, you know, sometimes having varying tanks um, is just useful. It's you, it has a better synergy to have their different abilities going off. Um, so, and and one of the stronger ones I've seen is paladins. Um, of course, uh, feral is really powerful as well. But my my uh, well, not feral, sorry, guardian uh, druid is pretty powerful that, uh, as far as a tank. But I, I have my main druid on the um, the horde side with furt. Um, so I haven't really been wanting to get another druid up just yet. You know, I, I usually try to keep my, you know, third and fourth druids, you know, leveling up towards the end of the expansion so that I have something more interesting to do back uh, then. But, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. And, and I have to agree that the Paladin storylines has been really good. It's probably so far one of my favorites, um, yeah. rivaling that with the rogue. Um, but just just the amount of lore that the paladin and rogue stories have had has just been fascinating. Yeah, definitely the, the, do the DK when you get a chance. I think it's going to be my next one. Um, okay. uh, although interestingly enough, I, I've also been playing a warlock a little bit off and on, not quite as focused. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they have an interesting uh, storyline going on because they're they actually go and kind of get their own planet. Yes. So. <laughs> So that's kind of fascinating. Yeah, they don't have a stronghold. They have a planet. Yes. Well, like warlocks. I know. Yeah. They're like, hey, we like that planet that that demon over there has. Let's go take it. Yeah. Right, right. Warlock. What do you expect? <laughs> I know. Yeah. And, and to be honest, he started it. Right. He, he did start Always. it. Always. Always. So question, Mew, on the on the artifact knowledge, were you surprised that they bumped it all the way up to 40 instead of just 35 for the alts? Pleasantly surprised, but it, it's it makes a ton of sense as far as alt goes. I mean, they they've been saying that they want to give us more alt friendly stuff. That's exactly what this is. 
yeah. you know, it's kind mm-hmm. of a pain to, to, you know, like I did with my paladin, I shared the uh, artifact knowledge, but it was five levels below. So my poor paladin has been mm-hmm. rushing to, to get all this done. And it's like, well, I mean, I've already grinded through all that painful stuff on two different characters now. Cause I have my main warrior and my main druid. Um, mm-hmm. So I've done the full grind on both of them. They're both about to hit 40. Um, I think they're both at one, one away. They're both at 39 right. and they're both about to get their concordance um, uh, stuff. So, you know, that's, that's two at the same time that I've been doing. Well, you know, I don't know that I want to do that for, you know, 15, uh, seemingly 15 other, other classes, it seems. Right. So you think that the, like uh, Karan said in Furchet, you think the, the target really is concordance and not artifact knowledge. Yeah. And okay. and that's just it is even with full artifact knowledge, it's still gonna be a little bit of a grind. And oh, yeah. you know, now that we're getting into the real serious raid tier, um, you know, they probably want to give teams more of an ability to bring more stuff in, see what interesting stuff we can bring with different classes. You know? Yeah, I just I guess it's it's they seem to be streamlining odd things to me because honestly, the only time I do artifact knowledge is on the wow app on my phone, hmm. you know, I just, I, I set it, forget it. And so I've never really bothered that the artifact knowledge was going to be five behind on the alts because it's like, by the time I got serious about playing the alt, I'd be at 40 anyway. And then it wouldn't be an issue. So well, here's the thing though, is that you've been spending, even though you've been, it's been on the app, you've been spending more time focusing on all of them. Whereas what I've been doing is focusing on two, getting right. them focused yeah. on, and then that extra time that I've been gaining, I've been playing other games. So yeah, it's kind of you know useful that way. Yeah, because I have Ted's going to hit it tomorrow, right before maintenance. My mage will hit it Tuesday. My DK will hit it, hit forty on Wednesday. My paladin will hit it next week, and my druid. They just got up, should hit it in about two weeks right now. So I just, I, I didn't, I guess I didn't see that 35 versus 40 as, as much of a burden as um, some of the other stuff that they could have made easier, but. Yeah. It's just, but that's just the fact that the system was there to begin with was just useful in general. And right. that's kind of what, why I was holding back on the other classes instead of spending right. all that resources. Cause think about it, you're it's 500 per level that you've had to spend as opposed yeah. to just a thousand once on a main character. Right. But I'm doing dailies on them anyway, or dailies. I'm doing the world quests on them anyway, getting mostly I target either AP or order hall resources or recipe, you know, recipe slash crafting stuff. So mm-hmm. I didn't really see it as a burden. I, and the other thing is you can buy artifact. Sorry. You can buy order hall resources with, um, Blood of Sargeras. So I, there, I, however, I was actually talking about this last night with Eludra and the fact that you you had all these characters have been active all this time, right? For like a my paladin that I just leveled up to one ten had mm-hmm. no blood, right? But didn't have that crutch of just being able to get a bunch of blood resources. So, but the, the order hall resources are bind on account, so you can get a tune that has a ton of blood and just mail them to them. That's what I yeah. did all the time. Or especially, yeah, especially when you're doing the class order quest and you you know you get that one that says you need ten thousand resources for this mm-hmm. next one. I just look. Oh look, I've got a ton of blood on these characters. 
send them all the the stuff over for the class order hall. So, yeah, and, and you know, that, but for me, I, those bloods I actually wanted to use for crafting. So for the characters yeah. that actually have been maxed out, because like I have my engineer on on the alliance side maxed out at eight hundred, getting all those really right. useful trinkets. Well, yeah. I, that's been more useful to use the blood for for materials. No, I, I agree. I'm just saying, as you get more alts, you get more blood. It kind of mm-hmm. feeds back on itself. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's and it's 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 kind of interesting. There's all kinds of different ways of doing this. And you know, for me, when I need order resources rather than using the bloods, I just I look at the world quest and say, okay, which quests give me order resources? Yeah. And then but, on but top for, of that, for me, it's like I want to do my four and get out, and then mm-hmm. I'll spend the blood to buy the resources so that I don't have to worry about that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a time balance where you want to spend your time. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It's been, it's been interesting either way. It's just, yeah, it's, it'll be curious to see what other little alt friendly stuff they're going to be putting in the 7.2.5. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much been my, what I've been doing in, 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 uh, in wow. Um, you know, I, I, kind of been waiting for the rogue for the the four level 40 artifact knowledge to get the rogue going again i've gotten pretty deep but you know i i, I definitely see the the benefit in just waiting until because i'm really not that far from hitting 40 i think it's like mm-hmm. one or two days and so once that happens and it i unlock everyone's you know full power and then i just go crazy loving everything um you know just in time to get that out of the way before you know uh, Stormblood hits final fantasy right so um, but then, um, in other game news, I, I have, I have been doing a little bit of Swotor, not as much as I'd like, but, you know, uh, Final Fantasy and, and WoW kind of been taking my, my attention, but I have moved forward in the Fallen Empire storyline, uh, with my Bounty Hunter, because uh, I, I want to get that to the, to the end of that storyline so I can see the IOCast stuff. Um, but, yep. uh. You know, I, I actually, you know, talking of uh, strongholds, I actually went with uh, Narshada as my um, main stronghold because it was a neutral one. And so, you know, I basically put him in most of my effort in there. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a neat looking place, too. You know, it's you, know, you can kind of have it's a that. It's casino. <laughs> yeah, right. basically. Yeah. So, you know, I have all my toys there and, you know, it's kind of useful for all of my new alts coming up because then they have access to all the fun stuff that's on Narshada. Um, and just even using it just as a teleport hub, you know, um, was, was pretty powerful. It, you know, maybe a little less powerful now that they have the uh, the new, uh, you know, the new galaxy map that lets you kind of teleport around. But uh, still pretty Which useful. Which is nice. Yep. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, that's that's what I've been kind of focusing in MMO stuff. But uh, you know, as far as non MMO gaming, um, I've uh, I did finish. You know, last time mentioning that I, I finished my second playthrough of Fallout Four. Um, that second playthrough, I, I used a, a little bit more mods, uh, or just I finally started using a few mods for it, just to kind of make my experience a bit better. Because you know, once you've done the, the full game once, mm-hmm. then you can start spicing it up a bit. You know, and you, right? Because the first time you want to play it how the game maker wanted you to play, and, and that makes sense. Um, but then the second time, you're making things just easier because you've already suffered through whatever inconveniences the the regular game has. So mods make it kind of interesting. Um, I've uh, basically uh, been looking for interesting uh, um, mods now. Um, you know, if I had kind of convenience mods where it, like, made junk way zero, so you didn't have to keep going back and forth constantly, because that's kind of one of the, the headaches that just didn't make any much sense. I mean, you're going to do that anyway. Why penalize the player for having some junk? It's not like they're actively using that second. Mm-hmm. Um I also um, used a very interesting mod that I think should have been part of the initial game in that um, Fallout 4 treats a uh, dog meat, everyone's favorite dog, 
as a full companion, but doesn't give him the full companion storylines or anything like that. So if you want to take a new companion on and, you know, get do stuff with them, you have to send Dogmeat away. So one of the first mods I got was one letting you have Dogmeat and a companion. And th- it just made the game so much better because, you know, why can't I have my dog with me? Story, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's not like I'm gaining anything special by having, you know, dog meat at my side. It's it's not a huge damage buff or something. You know, he he is useful cuz he pins that stuff down, but it's like Right. You know, I want my dog with me. Why can't I have my dog while I'm, you know, doing stuff with with this friend over here? So, you know, that was a definitely a very good uh, mod to get. But uh, I've been looking more into the more interesting ones that, that are almost like DLCs. Um, you know, DLC typically gives you like a whole new, you know, questing area, like a whole map, and maybe even new factions to work with. Well, it's interesting that mod makers are actually going through the trouble of doing that as well. Like you can get a full new area or story or even factions. Um, one of the more interesting ones that I've seen is... Uh, uh, someone brought the Enclave in. The Enclave was a big faction in Fallout 3. Um, so they're actually bringing them into Fallout 4, um, you know, with their armors and weapons and actually having like a faction and storylines and voice acting even, which is pretty amazing. You know, and these these are just, you know, free mods. Um, and they're even accessible through the in-game mod system, which is another thing that I, I don't know how long ago, it wasn't too long ago, but um, Fallout 4 finally had a built-in mod system. Before they've they, they've always allowed mods, but you typically had to install them yourself. Whether it was putting you know files somewhere or having an actual mod installer, but they finally had it to where you just click a button and it happens. And one of the the benefits of that is that um, Xbox One and PS4 now has mods, and. Right. And that's pretty amazing for for a console that it can have mods. That yeah, are, exactly. I was yeah. gonna say the the console being able to do it. You're used to that on PC, but mm-hmm. but giving the console that ability, yeah, yeah, it was pretty smart of them. Um, so you know that's you know I I play on the PC myself, but uh, you know if I was a console player, I, that's, I would probably be pretty happy about that. Um, so. You know, that's kind of since I've already done my two playthroughs, I don't think I'll do a full playthrough again. Um, but, you know, I have been looking for interesting mods just to kind of make the in- game interesting. You know, cool. it's, yeah. Um, and, and one other mod that I, I didn't put in the notes actually was an interesting one that um, actually changes your start. Um, typically, you always have to come from the same place when you're starting a new game. Well, um, right. some very in, um, enterprising uh, mod maker made it to where you can now be essentially put anywhere in the game and start as any kind of character in the game. Oh, cool. And then it lets you hook up to the, the main quest line. You just right. sk- you skip where you started in, in the regular game. So just little things. Very that are, cool. it, it, It's very fascinating. Skyrim's had this for ages where you can just make such an interesting game, like like a whole brand new game by just adding these mods. But I always found that pretty interesting. But um, cool. Um, I don't know how much I've talked about it in the past, but um, I did a while back get my hands on an Oculus, an Oculus Rift. Um, so I've actually had, been able to experience what VR has to offer, and I can definitely see a lot of promise there. Um, it's, uh, for the most part, I mean, not just gaming, uh, which I think is you know where if, if VR is going to live, they need to know that just gaming is not the way you do things. Um, you, uh, social is going to be where this is really going to kick in, and right. it, it makes sense because Facebook owns Oculus, so mm-hmm. 
you know they're going to put some emphasis in social stuff. They, they actually have a beta Facebook app for um, Oculus VR, which works pretty well. I mean, it was, you know, it's it's still in beta and you need some tweaking, but it's pretty amazing that you can essentially hang out with your friends in this VR room and right. share stuff with each other, draw things, you know, show pictures, yeah. actually do, you know, how the 360 videos are real popular now where you can... Right. Around. Well, in in that, you just plunk the 360 down, and you are now in the 360 video, and you just look around mm-hmm. with your head, which so, is cool. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see lots of promise there, especially you know as I've seen. Uh, there's uh, I don't remember the name of the thing, but um, there's a, a new uh, VR controller that someone's making that actually uh, brings haptic feedback to to your hands. So it's actually kind of interesting that um, and. You know, one of the smart things they're doing is this this uh, special uh, controller is going to be compatible with all the VRs. You know, Rift, um, uh, Vibe, whatever they're calling the the Samsung one, Gear. I right. think it's Gear. I think yeah. it's Gear. Yeah. Yeah. So and we're, we're getting closer to Ready Player One, basically. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and they're even supporting PlayStation VR, which is extremely smart because that's probably the easiest entry level VR to get into. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's you know if if you're doing gaming at all, you probably have a PlayStation 4, very likely. You, you might be an Xbox uh, loyalist, but for the most part, you know, lots of people have the PlayStation 4, so adding a VR headset to that is really easy. Oh, definitely. So, yep. Yeah, so that's... I'm seeing a lot of promise. It's 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 definitely not the Virtual Boy. Um, you know, that was the, the worry everyone right. had, is that we were, things were going to go the way of the Virtual Boy, but no, this it's... It's got lots of promise. I'm eager to see what they do. Uh, you know, I, I definitely want to see what the next thing's going to be um, with VR. So, well, and uh, Unreal Engine just got certified for the Nintendo Switch, which means mm-hmm. they can start using the Unreal Engine to program games for the Switch, and then VR can't be that far behind it. So we'll have to see. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking speaking of that, um, I actually managed yes. for for um, a, a recent uh, real life leveling event. Um, the uh, the wife allowed me to grab a, a switch of my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which are very hard to find, by the way. It's uh, oh, it's we interesting. know. Oh, we know. Yeah, yeah, and of course, the <laughs> after traveling all over the place and just doing constant hunting. We the end of our our day, um, you know, of that day, we just ended up at a a GameStop. Um, we weren't planning on it. We just you know wanted to go ha- you know walk at this outdoor mall that was real real neat. And we said, hey hey, a GameStop, let's go check that out. It's like yeah, we know you don't have any on hand, but you have one. It's like no, but you can pre order this package, and it guarantees you get one. So oh nice. You know, it came with Mario Kart, um, a nice, uh, like, you know, a cover for it, a screen protector, um, and um, a race car, you know, little, little um, racing wheel, um, mm-hmm. you know, all for not much more than a regular Switch's price. Nice. So we didn't have to hunt anymore. It came to me. So That's awesome. You know, yeah. It's it definitely, you know, it, it, while it, you know, I, the thrill of hunting for it was kind of fun, you know, at the end of the day. You know, at least we like, kind of technically did it, you know. Yeah. Well, like the thing is, like we we hunted for ours. Um, like we would, we were like going to hit GameStops and going into Best Buys, asking where they're going to have one, etc. And 
like we've been like we'd gone into Best Buy um, Wednesday morning. They said, okay, well we're getting a shipment in Friday. Supposedly, Ryan and I went to that Best Buy early, early Friday, you know, Friday morning. We were there before they opened. We got in line. We went in. They didn't get it. There was a few in the valley that got it, but it it was literally by the time we would have gotten there, they would have been gone. Mm-hmm. So she was upset because she had a really lousy spring break. I dropped her off. I'm like, I'm gonna go to Target. I got some stuff to do. I walk in the Target. I check. I see the same two controllers that have been there the entire time since the Switch came out. I start to walk away, and I see one in that cabinet out of the corner of my eye. Wow. And the clerk, like, I went to, I ran, left my cart right there, <laughs> over to the electronics. Like, yeah. I'm like, hey, um, you have this. Can I get it? It's like, we have a Switch. What? <laughs> like, they had stocked it last night. He wasn't even aware. It was shoved all the way in the back. Oh, well, that, so unless you were down on that wow, level. Okay. Yeah, because every target I've been to and talked to us, like, yeah, we don't even oh, have yeah. a spot for them because they are literally sold before the store opens. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's the thing is like every place like, yeah, like it wasn't until I want to say like not last Friday, but the Friday before it was the first time I've ever seen an actual label for where the switch would go. Yeah, because up until that, I didn't even see a spot for it. Like they didn't bother. It's like, yeah, we're we're not even going to put these on the shelves long enough for them to actually sit there. So we're not going to put a spot for it. But yeah, it was it's it's been pretty amazing. And, you know, the news is interesting that, um, you know, it's it's not just them being artificially limiting anymore. Like there actually are being um, kept from making more. Yeah. So, you know, that was interesting news to hear. I think I heard that on DTNS that uh, supply chains are, are why there's not more switches out yet. And, you know, apparently Apple has a stranglehold on all the parts that uh, switches need to be made. So that's been interesting. But, yeah, that's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, so I, I've actually been playing a little bit of Mario Kart. Um, it's 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 actually a pretty, pretty nice update to the game. Um, yeah. I, I can definitely tell that I'm going to have a lot more fun with it uh, once I, interestingly enough, get to work because right. uh, um, everyone there has has been playing Mario Kart on their Switches. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I'll be able to join in on that fun. So, you know, that was actually a, a subject that I was going to try to bring up, um, you know, the last time we talked in that, you know, it's it's interesting that workplaces are being this this nice social gathering spot for gaming now. Um, and, uh, yeah, right. You know, so I was kind of curious uh, on everyone's thoughts on that last time. So, you know, if if we yeah. feel like discussing. Well, I know like for us at work, we actually do have an employee lounge, which is like cause we have a, you know, a huge building um, and we definitely don't have a switch. But we do have, um, you know, PlayStation, Xbox, some old arcade machines and all mm-hmm. of that. Um, so people can go down and do team building events. Mm-hmm. You know, last um Usually, like, if you have a meet and greet to a new team um, in our department, when we've had movement, yeah, they'll, hey, let's get pizza and go down to the game room. Mm-hmm. So, certainly, it is a spot for that. Also, when you work in an environment like the three of us do, which is heavy, heavy into geekery, you know, like, you put on your org announcement what you're into. And inevitably... um. You know, you're going to say, hey, what's your battle tag? What's your ID? What have you? Yeah. So, which is which is great. Um, and, of course, like, for me, uh, 
pen and paper gaming as well. And I'll go into that one later too, when I get to it, but no, I think it's a great spot, especially when you do work in a, in a environment that is heavily geeky, which I think for us, because we tend to work with very, very skilled intellectual people, we tend to be a little more geeky. Does happen. Yeah. How about you? And, about the same, but I work from home, so I don't actually go into the office. A lot mm. of my stuff is virtual anyway. So a lot of my communication and social stuff is with is actually with the AI guild and then, you know, real life friends. So I don't have that much interaction from work. Um, but so- you certainly have people that you know from my work that you inter- that you interact oh, yeah. with um, in game. Oh yeah, and and we will get to that with City of Mist and some of the the games and stuff coming up. Well, I'm at the- I'm at WoW too. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, right. But I, yeah, that's no. more the social piece of it, not necessarily the business, the workplace piece. Of exactly. It. Yeah, it's not part of where I work. It's more of your work flowing over into our social, which our social is great. circles, right? <laughs> yeah. No, which is great. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I don't work in in the gaming industry anymore, unfortunately, but I do work for a very geeky company, um, indeed. Exactly. Uh, um, and you know, much like yours, we have um, a, a, like a like a huge uh, gaming lounge that has a pinball machine and an old ga- arcade machine. We have your Xboxes and your Playstations, and and um, over, but we also have the the whole first floor that isn't the game lounge is a cafeteria, um, right. They kind of went the the Google route where they they have an in house kitchen to kind of keep everyone from going out for lunch because they've learned right. that you know keeping us there for lunch means we don't lose time running around in traffic or anything like that. Um, so one of the interesting things about that is you know much like you we, we have we actually have this huge spreadsheet with everyone's battle tags and all the other kind of That's stuff. Neat. Yeah. Um, so that we can keep track of all that. And, you know, since we have this huge communal cafeteria, you know, the gaming group actually meets and plays their, their Mario carts or that's fun. does, does, you know, Pokemon stuff. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting that just because of that stuff being there you know, we are using it very well. And, you know, mm-hmm. we have Slack, which allows us to do uh, group right. chat. So we have a gaming channel where we're just talking games all day. And, you know, it's, it's it's nice to have to be in this kind of geeky environment where you know it really is yeah because it's one of the things we've learned you know being being tech nerds is that having that that distraction actually helps out your work yeah yeah it definitely does I mean certainly I'm not a tech nerd um, but a financial crimes investigator and you're a tech nerd you're a tech nerd okay I'm a I'm tech sorry. nerd evidently <laughs> uh, but because of that. You know, like a lot of people I work with are really intelligent. Well, really intelligent people tend to be geeks. And Mm -hmm. you can always like read through like the org announcements because like normal people like I like to hike. I like to hang out with my dog. I like to do this. And like the the rest of like the like the quarter of us and we have a really huge department will be more like and I, you know, I work in this I'm officer in this game and I play this and I play that. Uh and it's hilarious or because a lot of us are friends on Facebook. We'll see posts and then we'll start conversations at work about who's doing what and what game. And so, yeah, it is, it is really neat. And even when you're not in the gaming industry or the tech industry, um, 
where you kind of find those people and make those connections kind of like, you know, what we do in AIE and then we kind of pull everybody in with us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, there are several people in my department that are members of AIE. Right. Yeah. Because my organizement said, Hey, she's an officer of one of the world's largest Warcraft guilds. And then I'd have people stopping my desk saying, and what guild is this? Right. <laughs> and, you know, and what, and what faction are you? And yeah. And in fact, Right after I started, somebody walked up to my friend Stacy, who's Dan Kenya in the guild. Was like, "Hey, have you met the new gamer girl?" She's like, uh, "Yeah, back in 1999, we started working together." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's always interesting bringing that stuff out of work and going out yeah. to the world because you know, as as a group, the the, the group does go to gaming events. You know, that we talk mm-hmm. about conventions all the time. You know, so it's it's kind of neat to be able to do that kind of weird stuff. Uh, you know, going to conventions. Yeah. It's team building yes. and it's fun. Yes. Very much. Right. Exactly. So. Well, speaking of which, I think we need to find out what McCall has been up to. Uh, so last weekend was Phoenix comic con. You don't say. And boy, did it start out really interesting. Yeah. Thankfully so, not with a bang, not with yeah. a bang. So, um, Nevermore and I are normal vendors. Uh, we also carry uh, Leontine stuff at our booth. And we were doing this was our fifth year of doing Phoenix Comic Con. Um, we have like Alec has and Leontine running around with the 501st, which causes a lot of joking around, especially my booth is 501. Uh, <laughs> and we have, you know, Al the Mage and Tet really as backup and moral and physical support for us. And we, we have like Bovi who's overdoing um, Hero Initiative, not Hero Initiative. Is Hero yes, Initiative? no, it's Hero Initiative. Yep. Sounds right. Okay. Um, you know, so we have we have a pretty big presence there. So Thursday started out. We got in, we're set up, normal Thursday afternoon. Cam gets a text. Are you guys okay? Like, yeah, what's going on? There was a report of a shooter at Comic-Con. And then there was something else going on. Um, and then someone else saw a tweet. And things laid low for a while. And then more news started coming in that, that they were going to go to Comic-Con and somehow got in heavily armed. Body armor several guns with the intent to kill officers and a power ranger. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, kind of crazy. And luckily this all went down. Um, and the reason they caught him right away was there was somebody he knew in California on social media that saw his posts, that contacted the authorities in California and they had him taken down in 11 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Now, here's the scariest, like, personally, the scariest part to me, because, yes, this happens in a place that we were at that really could have had, I mean, it could have been really, really bad, especially if he decided to, you know, if he was able to start shooting. One of my friends from high school, her son's first con, it's her first con, they just came down for Thursday. They were next to him when the police took him down. Ooh. <sighs> Yeah, so like personally, it could have gone really bad really quickly. 
Um, not just on the, oh my gosh, somebody ruined our con level, but oh my gosh, you know, as we're killed, you know, because of this nut job. So yeah, that, so that was, that was Thursday, Thursday night. They announced, by the way, there's not, you got, you cosplay, but you can't bring any props at all. Period. No, like nothing. Like, no it wasn't just no weapons. No, but no, no stuffed props. animals. No anything that isn't your costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Right. So, like, look. Yeah. So, like, luckily, by the next morning, the con and that was by the police. That was the police mm-hmm. decision. The con had talked them into only weapons, but it was any weapon, like a lightsaber hilt, you can't yeah. bring. A staff, you can't bring. At one point, they said wands. They changed their mind on that one. <laughs> so, like you, like so, so there was this, all this drama, and like the cosplay community was just so upset. Like, but it was like it was like the big ones, like the five hundred first, and like the Mandos. They were actually like, okay, yeah, that kind of sucks, but we're cool, yeah. Yeah, because they're organizations that do stuff for charity and all of mm-hmm. that. So yeah, no, it was just like absolutely bizarre. It kind of put like a damper on the whole con because mm-hmm. um, people were just really grumpy. So that was like the start of it. But besides, besides that, we had a really great time. People, even without weapons, their costumes were amazing and people were having fun with it. Somehow yeah. they started <laughs> substituting bananas for weapons. So like, and yeah, it was great. And like this lady came by in this beautiful Loki crossplay with a large balloon as her staff. Was a what? A balloon, like oh. a large, like the one that you use to make balloon animals. Yeah. That was her staff. Nice. There was a Merida. arrow. Oh yeah, there was an arrow with paper arrows in his quiver, and an actual Christmas bow on his arm for his bow. <laughs> the Merida across from uh, from us had taken two bananas, was to tape them together, and put a string in between them. <laughs> The one interesting ones I saw were the people that were using cardboard to like, yeah, to, to, to write it out in words. Yeah, you know, th- this is my prop gun. Which yeah. the interesting thing then too is then the Phoenix Comic Con started to actually confiscate those. Right. Saying they didn't want you making light of their ban, so they banned joke guns. Well, and that, so the, the, the ban though was that was the police. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I, we saw pl- and we saw we still saw plenty of those. Oh yeah, there um, was one. The Empire took my weapon away. Took my weapon. Yeah, yeah exactly. So people really did have fun with it. Yeah. Um, it and we have flowers instead of weapons. It was really interesting. So yeah, that was our weekend. It was a good time. It was it was pretty busy. We we're on our feet for you know forty plus hours. At least I know I was. Uh, Tet was a great help, and we actually had a lot of great guildies stop by and say hi. They you know, they heard us on our podcast. They heard us on Nevermore's stream. They heard us, us on Azeroth Roundtable. So that was really amazing. And I didn't write down names, and I figured I'd remember them, but it was in the middle of con. So hi guys, thank you very much for coming by. <laughs> and I promise we're gonna do some meetups because one of the things that was was you know, hey, we know that the Phoenix. Guild is really active, and we've kind of gotten to the point where we are, but it's more like, hey, you want to meet somewhere? So now we're like, we're going to start doing some more some more meetups. I want to maybe do every quarter to six months. First thing I'm thinking maybe is something more like in the, in the Tempe area, because a lot of us really are like North Phoenix. We need to kind of get out of our comfort zone. Um, so look, Phoenix local guildies, if you are in the area and you want to talk about a meetup, 
tweet me. Let's discuss. See what's a good idea. Pretty much open to anything. Um, so now, Nurtaculars, or Nurtaculars, not done. Um, Comic-Con's done. We had a good time. So now we have Nurtacular. You know, what? in, in a month, just, uh, just under a month. So uh, we we should yes bar, yes Apple's barbecue at Ted Semi and, and Cyberwaste place of course you're gonna have to talk to Ted about the red meat because I don't do that stuff <laughs> and we totally would do that and I would probably bake for straight to make sure it happened um but because we're vendors at Comic Con and Nerdtacular we're kind of now in the rush to restock stuff Fakel and I decided to start making headbands which is what I'm wearing right now, one of ours. It's now four. It was 46% of our sales at Comic-Con were our headbands. Wow. Yeah. And you know why I know it was 46%? Ted Sunny. <laughs> anyway. I have a spreadsheet. Yes. Yeah, it's a spreadsheet for that. Um, so we're trying to replenish our, our, our headbands. And of course, then we went to the fabric store and spent 150 bucks on more fabric yesterday that we really didn't need. Um, so <laughs> uh, that's what's up next. I know we had chat about maybe doing a live show while we're out there and some some meetups. Yeah, uh, so that, been, that's kind of what's going on. Like, Yeah, I've been poking in the con the- news. Yeah, I'm hoping to get to get us yeah. put on the schedule somehow, but I haven't. I've been reaching out, but they they're pretty busy too. So they're little, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, see, just see, let us know what what they what we can do. If not, we'll all pile into one of our rooms. Mm-hmm. We'll take over the area or something. They love it when we do that. Or or a hallway, you know. <laughs> a hallway, you know, that's that's for Munchkin, dear. Yeah, same thing. That's what Munchkins. That the hallways are for Munchkin at three in the morning. Yep. Or the occasional. But, you know, I sagely said, "Exactly." Oh God, that was hilarious. <laughs> yes, when the security guard found out what we were doing, and then said we were fine to keep playing as long as we keep it quiet. And can he have a character? Um, <laughs> <laughs> lovely. Um, but you know, d- you know, due to the uh, Phoenix Comic Con in real life, um, my other geeky passion. Uh, there's been no tabletop gaming. The week before, of course, we canceled because of con, and this week got canceled because of life happens, and my computer needed to have a new power supply anyway, so I couldn't have played as it was, which is why Ted and McCollin need new computers. We should probably start a Kickstarter. Just kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> Mostly, no. No, no, I, I'm just kidding. That was our... That's, that's, that, oh, yeah, no, the computers are Hawaii. That's why we didn't go to Hawaii for our 20th anniversary. Um Though I've been, I have my my warlock rolled for an upcoming fifth edition game that I'm starting this Friday uh, with the Geeks and Geeklet Network. And mm-hmm. once we have the uh, feeds for those out, I'll post those. And I'm halfway through my history because I write a lot of history. Oh, I forgot something about Comic Con, and she's on my desk. Lying. If anybody has ever read the comic book saga. There's a lion cat statue, and Ted got it for me, and she's the best thing ever. I would say how pretty <laughs> she is, but we all know lying is not pretty. But yeah, in case you need a talking armored death cat, I gotcha. And yeah, no, she sits by my by my computer. It's kind of looking on me judgingly. Uh, sorry, I, I I just looked over and she was looking at me, so I had to share her with everybody <laughs> with the chat room. Um, so. 
anyway, back to me geeking out about stuff. Uh, my characters were old. Warlocks look like they're going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm playing a warlock. Imagine that. That's just can't. I can't. I know. I know. Um, I'm halfway through her history. Now, I picked this character because she should have been easy. She was a character that I played a few years ago at a, a game at Nertacular. I had made the character because she was the offspring of two other ca- characters from a game, so I knew who she was. And then my buddy's like, and I think we should be from Thay. <laughs> have you ever familiar at- of Thay, yeah. Yep. If you're familiar at all with Forgotten Realms, Thay is the very, very corrupt place of magic where there's evil wizards and a ton of slavery. And it makes a lot of the um, lands in Game of Thrones look happy and cheery. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, so now I'm taking the character that I thought I knew who I was playing and completely rewriting her. And now she's tortured. Ooh. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, it was probably shocking. I'm sorry? It was probably shocking involved, I'm sure. Uh, no, because warlocks cannot use shocking grasp. Well, yeah, but if she's tortured... Oh, true. Yeah, I know there probably was at one point. And she worships Cthulhu. Her powers come from like Cthulhu. So, <laughs> something about my wheelhouse. So, yeah, so I'm on page seven. She's like 13 years old, finally. <laughs> and so, so that going on. Um, and we might be back to doing RPGs on Monday nights. Our gaming buddy uh, pre-ordered a brand new game um, called City of Mists. And we're going to be doing an intro game really soon. It looks like a lot of fun. It's a modern noir. Uh, but the players are avatars of gods, heroes, mythological weapons, general concepts. They can even be like tarot cards. And they just don't know it yet. <laughs> so we need to sit down and figure out what Tet's going to be doing. There's some prefab, too, that look really interesting. There's like a gunslinger that might be up your alley. And I'm playing hell. Because of course you are. Because well, this goes to the game con- the conversations you have at work when you should be working and you're not. <laughs> right. That's the distraction me was talking about. <laughs> exactly. So you, you, yeah, mine just tend to be about so I have this great idea for a character for you. She's a brilliant <laughs> former medical student that is now works in the morgue and she's the avatar of hell. And and I'm like, he's going on. And on. I'm like, I have other ideas. I know what I want, what I want to play. I want to play this idea of, you know, the witch from fables. And then he's like, and then we came up with the idea that she plays poker with all the other avatars of death. And I was sold. <laughs> you mean, oh, Gloomhaven. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, Sorry, Apple has just posted Gloomhaven. We've been wanting to um, play that, definitely, and get that. So, yeah, so as soon as I met, I imagine, you know, the little goth girl sitting around the table playing with Hades and Kali and pretty much any other avatar of death imaginable. I'm like, yes, and this is now the character I'm playing. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, there were shenanigans. And here's the scariest part about this is we're talking about round table storytelling so I might be running something awesome and, well, yeah, so will you dear um, <laughs> if I can run something you can run something 
Yeah, right? Um, which scares the heck out of me, which is really funny because I write 20-page story history, uh, character histories, and this shouldn't be frightening. So we've gone on for like an hour and a half, guys. I guess should we maybe get into the news? News. News? Why do we do that? News? All right. <laughs> there, there really isn't much news, which is why we decided just to talk your guys' ear off. And thank you, chat room, for actually sticking around for this. Yep. All right. But as as McCullough has said, now that we've talked about what we're doing in and out of game, so let's get into this week's news. AIE News. All right. In community news, Ashes of Creation has released on a pre-alpha, uh, some pre-alpha g- gameplay footage that looks pretty cool. Uh, the Kickstarter has completed, and the team wanted to show off how things look so far in the game. Uh, you can find uh, the YouTube link in the show notes. Um, you can check out some other videos on their YouTube channel. And uh, discussions are ongoing in our forums um, under the Ashes of, of Creation title. Um <clears throat> also a reminder that there's a discovery post for interest in Destiny 2 and which platform you will be playing on. I'll be playing on PC and very interested in that game, by the way. Uh, you could find that on our forums as well. Read the forums. Um, Destiny 2 Discovery is the title. Awesome. All right. And a reminder, that is a community-run Rust server administered by our very own Corley. If you'd like more information, just swing by and say hi. Check out the Survival Exploration channel at the AIE Discord. Or bug him in the AIE uh, podcast chat room right now because he is currently present. And in WoW news, make sure you're up to date with the Broken Shore quest line as this upcoming week is the last quest needed to for the achievement and the class map becomes available for each character that you've with. You can use the class mount on lower level characters of the same class once you're able to use mounts. Oh, that's what, sweet. It's both ground and flying as well, so it's worth the time to do the quest on the Broken Shore. And if you're current on your artifact knowledge, you should be hitting level 40 this week, which is the cap for now. Blizzard tweeted out that once you hit level 40 in artifact knowledge, you'll be able to send AK-40 tomes to your alts. Originally, it was going to be 35, following the five level, following the five levels below your current knowledge divided by five, but they made a design decision to make it 40. Also, don't forget patch to 7.2.5 is slated to drop guess what on june 20th uh, which will release the tomb of sargeras raid and in swotor news uh we have a couple of escape podcasts to get you caught up on escape podcast 195 your free droid companion was a really good uh podcast done by sema and max talking about the hk51 mission line how to get him as a companion and what the favorite parts of that um, are I have not done that yet, so I am definitely going to load up one of my characters and go do that because that storyline sounds really fun from their the podcast they did. Same here. Yep. And in 196, have roadmap will travel. Uh, they just released the latest roadmap from the producers of Swotor and Sema and Max deep dive into it and cover what's going on, what's coming up, and what they're looking forward to. So it is definitely going to be an interesting summer of Swotor uh, with the stuff that they're going to be putting out. And uh, Mandatory Fun Night, which is Tuesday nights in Swotor, is on the Imperial side this week, and next week will be on the pub side. 
And in Final Fantasy XIV news, the next expansion, Stormblood, is nearly here. Uh, those that have pre-ordered the expansion can start an early access play on June 16th at 2 a.m. Pacific time, with the official start being June 20th. Nice try, Al. Um, there are several <laughs> class previews available online to give you an idea of how your classes are changing. I personally am looking forward to the changes coming for Bard as they are finally fixing the class um, to be back to how it was before Heaven's Ward hit, allowing them to to bask in their mobile glory. Um, also giving uh, songs a more synergizing role in battles. Um, you can find this and all other class information videos on YouTube by searching for Stormblood Class Changes and the name of the class. You'll also find some good videos on the two new classes, Red Mage and Samurai. All right, and we have Captain Sybil's Star Trek online news summary for the week ending in 6-4-2017, also known where McCallus lures her words. But it's been a while since I had that gin, so hopefully I'll be okay. Um, it's the time of the year for the annual... Are already there. Um... <laughs> Learn a lot. Festival. This happens every June 8th through July 20th. A new daily event, the Biathlon, has been added. Win prize vouchers for new vanity pets, beachwear, mini power boards, jet packs, and much, much more. The annual summer event, Starship, is the new T6 Vorgon, not Vogel. Vogon. Really, Sybil? <laughs> Rin. <laughs> That's actually really Star Trek. Um, Rin Kodan Carrier. For a complete list of prizes and Starship stats, please visit the Star Trek online website or just find Sybil on Twitter and or Discord. She'll tell you all about it. Ha. Um, a new backstory has been posted to the Star Trek website online website blog on May 28th entitled Fortunes of War and Peace. If a player miraculously receives a smuggler's wow, Amari Heavy Escort as a prize in a random R&D pack, this backstory explains its existence. Get a chance for the new carrier after retirement from Starship Fleet career. Wow. Get a chance for a new career. Ooh, is it a smuggler? After retirement from Starship Fleet. And duty officer weekend. Yes, I said duty. From Thursday, June 1st to Monday, June 5th, playing any duty officer content that provides accommodation XP shall yield an additional 50% XP bonus. That is generous. Also, the annual particle scanning event at Academy Campus will reward with additional duty officers. And what a coincidence. The C-Store is having a 20% off duty officer pack sale this weekend. But wait. There's more. During the previously mentioned duty officer weekend, opening any duty officer packs purchased at the C-Store will yield a free additional green or better duty officer. And don't forget, AIE's fleet base is always looking for contributions of material and personnel. As always, check out news, backstories, UI patches, notes, forums, commentary, and all the goodness at Star Trek Online website, which is, of course, Star Trek Online dot com and as always captain civil thank you so much for your excellent news update indeed indeed all right and that is our show tonight while the chat room begins suggesting show titles we want to thank us for joining us. we joined ourselves yay, <laughs> yay. <laughs> isn't that illegal in some states not only if you get caught got it all right anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if there's anything we want to plug 
Oh, um, we have this really great show. It's called the AIE Podcast. I've heard of if it. If you want to come on and join us, or if there's you know maybe a game that you want to see more prominently um, spotlighted of that game, or just come on and talk about it, let us know. Yeah, if you come on, then you don't have to hear us blather on about stuff. <laughs> For an hour and a half. Yeah. See what you get. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you have right. questions or comments about our show, you can email us at podcast at aie-guild.org. You can also follow us on Twitter. The show is at AIE Podcast. I am at the Muco. Makala is at Cyberwave. And Tetsemi is at Ivory Tiger. We record live with video every other Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. You can join the chat room and play along with us on our website at aie-guild.org slash podcast dash live dash stream. And our Discord server for chat is um, bit.ly slash AIE podcast Discord. Our theme was composed by the amazing Andrew Allen. Follow him at Keys with Soul or visit his website, keyswithsoul.com. And now it's time to play all the great AIE member segments we received this week, including Altidus from some guy named Yuko. I don't know. He has a cute wife and he has has a really adorable son and he has really pretty hair. And (laughs) overly dramatic news from the always amazing and overly dramatic Hunts the Wind. Greetings, gamers. This is Mewcow, your guide in treating a common gamer condition called Alditis. Has your level grind gotten stale? Let's legion it up. While the current timing of the Broken Isles Legion Spagians is rather inconvenient, it is something to look forward to for alt leveling. Six hours is plenty of time to finish these world quests, but the time until the next invasion will likely place it at an odd time of day, like a sneak peek of world quests to come at level 110. Any alt leveling 100 to 110 can participate in these varied quests. In addition to the experience granted for finishing each quest, many of them will also have an experience bonus. Finishing every available invasion quest will often net you about a level's worth of experience. I do recommend you have Broken Isles flying for this, however, as hoofing it will make this rather tedious. If you have questions, tips, or want to discuss a topic further, find us on Twitter at altitis.net, and show notes can be found on our website, altitis.net. On behalf of the Alt Army, we hope you find this information useful in the treatment of your Altitis. Griping, uh, I mean griping about the cost of artifact power, leads to a case of be careful what you wish for. It's the Overly Dramatic News, I'm Hunts the Wind. As players delve ever deeper into the secrets of their artifact weapons, one thing has become clear. The amount of artifact power needed to unlock those last few traits is enormous. The final trait alone takes 520 million AP, which takes a lot of grinding even for players that are up to date on their artifact knowledge studies. Unsurprisingly, the forums have been filled with complaints from players about the crawling pace of their AP bars. Now, usually Blizzard would just ignore such kvetching. That's what's made today's changes so surprising. The devs not only responded, but through a hotfix radically altered how players will earn that last center of circle trait. Instead of 520 million artifact power, players will now have to turn in 100 bottles of arc wine, which can only be collected by repeated runnings of the quest meeting their quota in Suramar's Twilight Vineyards. 
In a sign of the devs getting cranky this late in the expansion, the blue post describing the change included a clip of the old I Love Lucy scene where Lucy is stomping grapes, a screen cap of the crowds around the surveying telescope from back at the founding of the Draenor Garrisons, and the note, We hope you all enjoy your new Concord Dance of the Legion Fall. Broadcasting across all Azeroth, I'm Hunts the Wind. Check out the archives at OverlyDramaticNews.com or follow me on Twitter at Hunts the Wind. All right. And speaking of really pretty hair, Randy, don't you dare cut that hair before. <laughs> right right here, Randy. There will be a riot. <laughs> there will be hell to pay at Nertacular, Mr. Jordan. <laughs> yes. yes, we'll see you soon. All right. And we will keep you posted on our next show as soon as we have details, since next scheduled show day is Father's Day. And then two weeks after that, I believe, is Nertacular weekend. So we'll mm-hmm. figure it out. Yep. You might just say it's Nertacular. We'll let you guys know. Yep. So until then, folks, until next time. This is Mukau. This is Makala. This is Tetsemi. And this has been the AIE Podcast. Part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. <laughs>